to the lost souls, the disintegrated spirits, the wanderers, the dreamers, and the seekers. Welcome to the Embodied Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle McGinnis. Our work in this podcast will be to foster healing, transformation, self-expression, creativity, and the development of consciousness. So with our intentions grounded firmly, let's settle in and do some integration work. Hey friends, happy Thursday and welcome back to another episode of the Embody Podcast. If you guys are loving what you're hearing on the show, I would really appreciate it if you slid over to iTunes and dropped a five-star rating or a written review and just let me know what you are loving about the show and what you want to hear more of. Any and all feedback is always welcome because those ratings and reviews help get the show into more ears and more souls across the world. So today on the Embodied Podcast, I have another interview. This is with another one of my really amazing best friends, Jennifer McMaster. I've had Jen on the show before, but she was also in a trio interview that I did with Jessica DePotti, who was just on the last two interviews. This episode will fill you in with a little bit of what who Jen is as a person and what amazing brilliance she is rippling out into humanity. Jen is a lover of life and passionate about supporting people as they create their way of being in the world because she really does believe that everyone and everything matters. And I think that that's such an important topic that we touched upon in this interview. She blends current and alternative science and theories about behavioral change, health, and self-optimization to empower her clients so that they can be co-creative in the way that they navigate their life for lasting and meaningful change. She herself is a certified story work coach who enjoys working with the power of words and language and communication to help people mobilize their dreams into reality, creating lasting and meaningful connections with themselves and with others. Given that she has navigated many gritty times and experiences in her life she has such a capacity to appreciate the time the energy and effort that many put into their process via transformation reflection learning and healing and how their presence in the world can affect not only themselves but others and so I really encourage you guys to fully engage in this episode. It was such a rich, powerful interview. And again, Jen is one of the hosts and coaches that is going to stand alongside Jessica DePazzi and I as we navigate this transformation collective offering that we have coming up in January, which is a 12-month long program centered around taking an astrological and archetypal perspective in navigating the transformation process. So it's not a course. We are setting this collective up to be a community-based conversational learning environment where we are going to be presenting three different workshop style lectures and conversations and dialogues each month and those conversations and lectures are going to be based on the cosmological and astrological 
unconscious energies that are influencing that month. So if you are interested in anything about the Transformation Collective, I will put all of that in the show notes and I'll also put all of Jen's information in there as well. So I hope that you guys enjoy this episode and we will talk on Sunday. Jen, welcome to the Embodied Podcast. I'm super, super excited to jam with you one-on-one. You've been on the Embodied Podcast before, but it was a kind of a trio type of thing where me, you, and Jessica DePotsy were jamming on our last offer, Grace and Grit. This time, I want to have you on because we are collaborating on a new project, and this project feels so authentic to it really I feel like it amplifies each and every one of us in our in our true gifts and what we want to give back to the collective and something that you said before we hit record that was a really prominent theme in your life right now is that everything matters and I really want to start the interview off by perhaps maybe you sharing with the world why you think that you matter in the world right now. Oh, wow. Way to kick it off, Danielle. Thanks for that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, why do I matter in this world? Well, on a very broad, basic level, I'm a human. I'm fortunate enough to be living a life, to experience the world and interact with others. So that matters. I mean, the odds of us being here are so great that that in itself, I think is so important for people to focus on because it's very easy in the world that we live in to lose sight of that, to feel like with all the chaos and tragedies and looming issues that, you know, what can we do? How do, how does me recycling this thing matter in the big machine? And when I look around my life and I think as a mom, I matter because I am helping create two little humans in this world. And that matters because they will go out and create and influence and exist and possibly transform lives and have their own experiences. What I do for a living, I work with other people to bring more of themselves out into this world. And that matters because as they grow and expand and become the change and the leaders that they want to be, whether in their family or their community or more globally, that matters. It impacts everything. And if we look at it on, you know, maybe what some people would call a superficial transactional level, that matters. If we look at it on an energetic exchange level, that matters, you know, that collective vibe. And we're, we're learning more and more about how that impacts each of us and and the collective so much more broadly than we ever really considered before. And helping people understand that they matter starts with me believing that I matter. Mm, that's a really good point. Like it starts with you. Absolutely. Right? And it's, it's a ripple out from there. Right. Um, do you think that that perspective that you take on the world is transforming the greater, in my world, would 
be the collective unconscious. So all of that that exists in mystery around us, whether it's energetic or you know, like however people want to term that, you think that your ripples are kind of transmuting some of the stuff that has been laid in that space and laid, you know, perhaps just maybe deposited is a, be a better word, just deposited in that space because it's we're not paying attention to the way that we're contributing to the greater whole. I don't know if this question makes sense, but like, do you feel like that perspective that you personally take does have a hand in the greater transformation of the whole? Absolutely. I see it with myself, how I communicate with myself in the morning. If I wake up and it's like cold and it's snowy and it's wet and it's gonna be a kind of a wet, muddy hike, I can feel that for myself. And then I bump into my kids at the breakfast table and I can see how that affects their day. And then I go out and I bump into somebody at the co-working space and I'm kind of like, you know, curmudgeonly going through my day. I can see it firsthand that it does have a ripple effect versus I might wake up, the weather might be the same. I have the same thoughts about it. Instead, I think, man, I'm lucky enough I can throw on some hiking boots and go for the hike and go to the co-working space and interact with people. And I can see the ripple effects that that has. Mm -hmm. So I do believe it, it does impact the ripples. Mm -hmm. what, um, what gifts do you feel like you personally offer? What are you rippling? Like, is it, you know, a word that always comes up when I'm around you is enthusiasm. And if you look at the etymology of that, it means that the gods are working through you. There is this kind of life force that's moving through the gen that I know. But like, what is your perspective? What gifts do you think that you are rippling? I think from a young age, it was and continues to be enthusiasm optimism, hopefulness, and not, uh, not blindly. I see the shit. I've been through the shit. We've talked about that. It's seeing beyond that, that it's not only about those pieces, that I can create my heaven here in my day-to-day, moment-to-moment experience of life, and I could create my own hell. Mm -hmm. And the gifts that I bring is that enthusiasm to see the bright spots. Okay, how do I grow from that struggle? How do I grow and expand and be more authentic, more enthusiastic in an authentic, genuine way mm -hmm. intentionally? Yeah. So that implies to me, I get the kind of, I guess, energy of movement. There's some, something, there's motion in that type of enthusiasm, optimism, hope, the ability to navigate, the ability to be coming from an influence where everything is, is figure outable, everything is flexible, and, and we can just kind of swiftly and creatively move around it. That's the energy that I get. I'm, because this is the Embodied Podcast, so I like to like, cool things down and kind of be in the mud a little bit. What, what like 
elements or experiences in your life really were sticking points for that enthusiasm and how has that like or the movement in general not just the enthusiasm but like what were the sticky muddy points and how has that impacted now because you said you've had it since you've you've been a kid right so perhaps this is just part of the greater fate fate of your soul's unfolding what life experiences have kind of pinned that down and forced you to stay in it? And on the other side of it, how does that affect now your enthusiasm, your movement, your mobility? <laughs> yeah, so to narrow down the, the sticky gritty parts, I think the first real jarring experience was finding out that my mom was really sick and could die when I was in my early teens. That rocked my whole world. We are a close family, we're active, busy, you know, healthy for, for the times and what we understood of it, uh, you know, in the early uh, 90s. And to find out that she could die and I could not have a mom, that was really difficult. And I remember starting this internal and external search for okay if she died how does life still matter without my mom how does what i do today or the next day matter why is it important that i continue to do the healthy you know air quotes very loosely good thing when it can just change in a moment you know you can get hit by the bus your mom can die you could get you know a catastrophic event happen to you how how do you still keep going after that um and then from that there were other you know teenage years inexperience trying to cope with the heavy emotions of that um my parents were trying to do the best they could by keeping uh, keeping me away from it you know i didn't know how sick she was i didn't know that she was literally on death's door um so i i felt like energetically i knew there was something more and i didn't have that information so i would seek other forms of information to bring clarity and grounding and stability but being in my early teens also experiencing all that normal teenage stuff and having inexperience of really understanding how to manage navigate sit with hold those emotions and learn and grow from them i found myself abusing alcohol drugs sex i developed an eating disorder excessive exercise so although exercise is really good and beneficial i went completely the other end of the spectrum and it just became such a an abuse tool um i was assaulted in my later teens and that shook me up that was like what the fuck am i doing i'm drinking too much i'm caring so little it was like radical responsibility you know i'm still living this great life my mom is still alive mm -hmm. but also i'm making some choices here that are no longer helpful and beneficial so finding those lessons finding those moments where i could be like i have power and control over this and although I didn't have power and control over being assaulted or the catalyst for my eating disorder, I'm still the one who gets to choose to keep doing it or not, to keep drinking too much and putting myself in these risky situations. I'm the one who chooses to see 
my exercise in a certain way and that I could practice sitting with it a little longer and fighting the urge to go to the gym to feel better and to feel grounded or less chaotic. Um, and then from there, I started studying kinesiology and, you know, some faiths and religions and things like that. So finding the pieces that could help me grow and expand and, and be more conscientious and intentional in what I was doing. So thank you for vulnerably sharing all of those experiences because those experiences can be heavy, right? And, you know, implicit in, in those things, whether they're literal physical deaths or they are metaphorical symbolic deaths, like those, like micro deaths are happening along that journey. And it's interesting because I feel like, you know, when those deaths happen, we, we have this very interesting relationship to death as like scary bad and like all of these kind of negative downward connotations to it but it's so interesting to see that movement that was implicit in your soul being still moving perhaps maybe not in a way that you know honored your present moment existence at that time but it was still moving and like oh going to alcohol that's moving towards spirit like exercise spirit like there's like this kind of balancing between like the descent and the ascent and trying to figure out the the way in which your soul is in that in-between space so like the the fact that you're like oh dabbling in these things that you know fascinate you religion spirituality I think those are really no matter what they are, they're really fantastic containers for the in-between space. So trying to balance the soul and the spirit and allow that to move and interact, like I'm just kind of in awe at the, the ability for us to navigate that as human beings, right? Like the, the, like that can be such a burden if we can't see, like you said, see beyond those, those pieces that are being presented that are kind of mucky and dark. And yeah, I'm just kind of like, whoa, that is, that's really fascinating to me how we can do that. And yeah. Yeah, and there's moments of being in the darkness. They were also simultaneously happening with a group of great friends, a great family. I lived in a beautiful location and I appreciated nature and getting out in it. So there was, you know, these contrasts and I was able to still see the beauty and grace of the world and my experience and of myself, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a big part of this podcast was really, like I said before, amplifying and mirroring more of you beneath the you that you think you are. <laughs> And like really pull, yes, yeah, swimming and pulling in threads of like, you know, who is this soul that I'm interacting with right now? And that's something that is really a touchstone. And I think what we're trying to create 
in our transformation collective is being able to work with the greater kind of cosmic unfolding through astrological kind of archetypal symbols in creating community in which your individual experience of those collective things can be witnessed, can be explored, can be navigated, can be wrestled with. I think wrestling, like when you were saying that personal experience, you were just like asking all these questions and it's like, that's it, right? That's the best we can do. And so really what I want to ask is like, what does this transformation collective that we are creating what does that mean for you like what what do what are you bringing into this space for humans to be explored yeah in all of that so when I was coming out of kind of those darker teen early 20s I really decided that you know, I've been through some stuff, I've experienced some stuff, and I'm still okay. And then I see these people around me who are experiencing stuff, and they're not okay, by their measure. You know, mm -hmm. they'll come to me and they'll say, like, I'm, I'm not doing well, I'm not feeling well, I'm struggling with this. And it's like, okay, you're going through stuff, we've all got stuff. Mm -hmm. How do I help this fellow human on their path get to a feeling of feeling okay, and good and comfortable and worthy? and though they matter, and that they're not all just darkness and grit and muck. Um, so service came really early for me. And that's when I went into study um, kinesiology, helping people move their bodies so that they could feel well, feel healthy getting outside and walking and connecting with nature and swimming and exploring the world. Um, and then, you know, I did that for a while, traveled, studied, did my master's I really wanted you know I was working in corporate wellness people would come in and I knew that physical activity and exercise was such a I don't want to say like magic bullet or magic pill or anything but it was so helpful in so many ways for people as a launching point mm -hmm. uh, but I knew there was more there's more to this human experience than just moving our bodies you know if you don't have a house and you don't have a job and you're struggling to feed yourself, it's going to be more difficult to do the things that are recommended. So I went and I wanted to know more so that I could bring more to people. And I kept studying and learning and learning with myself and growing with myself, so personal, professional. And then I worked in a healthcare system for the last 10 years. And when I think about most people are in pursuit of wellness, well-being, being well by their measure and metrics. And within that box, I knew that I couldn't truly help people be well and live well and create their way of being in this world. And call it synchronicity, fate, good luck, good fortune. I'm here for it. All those right? things. <laughs> All of those things, a combination of um beautiful chaotic happenstance we met jessica came into my brother's life her and i clicked and these conversations started happening about how do we bring what each of us have been through and what we've learned and what we've used trial and error what we're experimenting with what we're learning about how do we bring that together for more people in an accessible way 
in a loving way with intention and heart and with soul. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, we had Grace and Grit, which was an amazing experience and launching point for us. And then to be able to come back to the table and say, okay, how do we do that more? How do we do that and connect with more people in a more intentional individual way while still nurturing a community? And with that intention and that in our hearts, Transformation Collective was born, which allows people to come in and interpret and consider and contemplate and wrestle and grapple with our conversation pieces, add to them, expand on them, be guided by them without the pressure of it's just this one thing. Right. Yeah. There's not one way to be in this world. No. Mm. And we want to help set you up to be as authentic and vulnerable as you can be in this world so you can create, so you can honor yourself while honoring your community and the collective. Like, what does that look like? What's your special brand? What's your recipe Mm -hmm. for being? Man, again, so much that I would put everything there. But the things I wrote down, um, the fact that you mentioned people want to be well, they, they're searching for well-being and spontaneously, thanks, Psyche, wherever this came from, um, spontaneously, I was like, oh, people want to feel alive. They don't just want to feel well. They just want to feel alive. Like you said, I'm a lot. You said that earlier in the podcast. I'm alive. My, my mom was alive at that time, right? Like we're searching for this aliveness, this connection, this interconnection, with our experience in the here and now. And it's all of these things that I think put the blinders on and suppress and deaden our experience and our connection to that sense of aliveness. And your experience coming from your background, I 100% relate to that because for me in particular, it felt as if the body and the mind were separated, like as as if it's out of my scope of practice to ask about your soul, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's out of my scope of practice to go there because that's for a psychologist or that's for a psychotherapist. And for me, what I'm coming to understand is that body and mind are on a spectrum and soul is the thing that navigates that spectrum. And where you feel the most alive is going to be the thing that nourishes that in-between space. And I think that's exactly what you were speaking of with Transformation Collective because it's our experience, it's our lived experiences, right? Sharing those experiences, learning from each other, learning from the histories, the stories, the myths, the language in in your particular case of like being able to communicate those things with each other, I think is so important to the human experience. So I want to dovetail into that. Where do you feel like we struggle as human beings to communicate our lived experience to the world? I think we struggle in so many ways. I think we miss the mark often in this space. First, starting with communicating with ourselves. We've, I would say that if you surveyed most people, they would say they feel most alive when they feel connected to nature, to friends, to family, to to something. There's a moment of connection where energetically 
or literally you're connecting with somebody. It's like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Someone, something, a force. It's this knowing. Mm -hmm. And that requires language. It requires communicating it to ourselves, stopping going, what's this? What is it? What am I feeling? What am I experiencing? Oh, maybe it's like this buzz in my body. Maybe it's this flood of warmth in the sun, but there's a connection there and it's communicating it to understand it for ourselves. And then beyond, like once we get versed in that, which again, I feel like we missed the boat in, in helping people learn that along the way. Um, yeah. I think the important thing you said there is the whatness. What is this? What is this connection that I'm experiencing with some, my, it's between me and something, whether it's me and another part of me or me and the gods or me and nature or me and my partner, like what, <laughs> what is this space Without having to know exactly, without having to be like, oh, well, that's God and that's the divine (laughs) and oh, that's Satan. And, you know, like we don't have to know exactly, but appreciating and recognizing in this moment, there is a connection. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then the next step of that is bringing that out into the world and being able to share that with somebody. Hey, I was out by the beach and the the wind and the wave and the water and the sound and the the laughter wow like that just did something to me that I felt that deep within me oh well I had a similar experience when I was biking in Venice or whatever it is and then there's this sharing and this understanding and this mutual exploration and this curiosity and this wonder and again not having to know exactly what that person felt but caring enough to be like I can picture that a bike in Venice that would feel connected that would feel wonderful whatever it is and being able to celebrate that with somebody again like you said being witnessed yeah being seen being heard being accepted by somebody so what's working in in this space right now this this container that we've created is like oh I'm noticing the whatness what what I'm experiencing right now is all of these threads between the words, communication, common, like common threads, right? Community, like these are all rooted in very similar things. I don't know the etymology. I haven't looked that up and I'm not going to take the time to do it now on the podcast while we're (laughs) live, but I, I love to break down the etymology of words because it helps us find that kind of together, um, something that we can all share. And I think that's the importance of language, right? Is to find that common space. Maybe it's like communion, the unity, the togetherness. I don't know. Togetherness, I like that. We're in this together and you matter. And you matter because what you're doing affects me, which affects the next person. We all matter. We are together in this. Yes, we are having different but similar experiences. We're trying to figure it out as, you know, you are, I am, kids are, you know, why sages? We're trying to do that. What better way to learn and, you know, explore the journey of figuring it out than together? 
it's so interesting, right? Because when we're finding these kind of common threads of, of psyche, the togetherness that's kind of weaving each and every one of us together, we have our own individual experiences of that, but there is this kind of common weaving. Um, I think that language can get pretty clunky, right? Language can get really messy when you're trying to dive into those spaces where it's pretty irrational. It doesn't make sense. Like it, like often. Um, and so what for you and your experience of working with language, has that been hard to like include that kind of deep experience, but then also um, be able to construct language around it or like the, the way we speak around that? Does that make sense? Like instead of it being kind of the superficial um, kind of just egoic, like I'm saying these words, I am saying these words, it's like the I is just kind of the vessel for the deeper experience of the experience and the words have to kind of come from the I. Does that make sense? Yeah, I've said it, that a lot. I will say something and let me know if it aligns with where you were going with this or not and then we can adjust as yeah. we go. What I'm hearing there around language, language can be clunky, it can cause stagnation, it can cause um, you know, this, this ambiguity and ambivalence about things when we're speaking softly, non-committally to something. Is non-committally a word? Who cares? It is now. Because <laughs> sometimes in my space, in my house, I make up words with my kids because we just don't have the word for it, but it feels like this. And other cultures do that. They have these words for these things that we don't in English. And I'm like, I like that. How does that feel, kids? And yeah, so anyways, non-committally, it might be a word, it might not be, but it's fun and I like saying it. Um, or we negate ourselves. You know, we project, we take responsibility away from ourselves. So the structure of language itself can be problematic. The limitation of language can be uh, a problem or, mm -hmm. you know, an opportunity to, to expand. Love that. <laughs> In those spaces, what I'll do, and it started with my kids actually in, in art therapy was, we don't have a word for it, draw a picture. Love that. What does that feel like in your body? Oh, I feel really light and fuzzy in my head, mommy. Mm -hmm. I feel really like heavy and mopey or, you know, and then they can mm. describe with their body language. Our communication isn't just what comes out of our mouth. You know, what's happening in the body? I'm fine. Don't worry about me. You know, mm -hmm. exams are coming. I'm super st stressed and tense. Or I'm like, hey, that person's chilling and relaxing. They're enjoying life right now. Things are mm -hmm. good. We can interpret that. So there's lots of other ways we can communicate and know ourselves and understand ourselves and others if we're willing to go there. I love that so much because, here's my because, because I think language gets clunky because it's being filtered through the side of our egos that perceives that everything has to make sense and be rational and order and categorized and like clean and perfect and like 
all of that. But what I'm beginning to open up to as I'm, I'm kind of diving more into my studies of depth is there's another side of our ego, our sense of I, that has the capacity to connect to the imaginal realm. And this is why I love that you brought in your kids because kids are most of the time, if that's fostered adequately, deeply connected to that imaginal realm. And then that gets cut off when they get to a certain place in life where that's not acceptable. But I think like the balance of those things, right? So like you're saying, oh, draw, like what, tell me about the picture of that. Tell me what your body is experiencing. And that's the ways that the imaginal ego can include the deeper experience and then have a conversation with Mr. Rational Ego. So it's like this com this internal kind of dialogue that's happening of like, oh, this was the experience that came up as this image and, oh, the feeling was this. And then perhaps the other side of the ego is like, well, people are going to think you're stupid if you say that. Or people are going to think you're weird. And then it's this dialogue between different parts of the ego. I love that you went there with communication being deeper than just spoken word. I'll give you an example, Dee. Um, so when my husband, my ex-husband now, and I separated, he moved out, our lives had changed drastically. And one of the sticking and hard points that made that transition delayed was I was concerned about our kids. We had two young kids at the time and uh, get a call from my son's school. He's in kindergarten or grade one at the time. They're very, very concerned. He had said something when the teacher said, goodbye, Archer, I'll see you tomorrow. He said, no, you won't. She's like, oh, why not? Are you going away? And he's like, no, I'm gonna die or I'll be dead. And so she was like talking to him about that. Like, oh, tell me more, I'm gonna kill myself. He was a kid mm -hmm. and kids can, you know, language dramatic, but also being very, you know, as an adult responsible, calls me in, we're, we're going through it. Okay, well, the separation, the recent move, you know, all of the things that make sense about why he might be feeling this way. Let's get him you know, connected, support, all of those things. And I was like, okay, we will do all of those things. But first I want to take him home and just love him up and mm -hmm. let him feel. Obviously he's having big feelings, whether he means what he's saying or he's trying to express something, he needs some love. Brought mm -hmm. him home, tried to chat with him. I don't know why I said it, mommy. I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. So I gave him a pen and paper. It's like, draw me what's going on, draw me a picture. Mm -hmm. And so here I'm thinking, you know, it's the divorce, it's the new house, it's all of these things. And he draws me a picture of the playground and two kids didn't want to play with him. Mm. Had nothing to do with all the things I'm projecting onto him and imagining. Mm -hmm. And we were able to talk through that situation. And now that could have been an amplification of the separation and feeling abandoned or alone or not part of a group or a family, all of those things, but he could draw the picture and then we could talk about it. Yeah. And then we could talk about what do we do about that and those big feelings, buddy. Um, and I, you know, so take that out of that one example and go out to the macro adults interacting with adults projections assumptions jumping to conclusions um, catastrophizing when really sometimes people just need you to sit and listen 
mm-hmm. and explore it with them. Yeah. The exploration of seeing through the whatness, like what, what is this? Right. Yeah. Um, something that Rick and I were talking about this morning that I think really is, man, I, you, you can just see it play itself out in that particular situation with Archer. It's like, okay, so I don't think that we can separate our spoken or written experience. We can't separate it from our psychology. It's being filtered through our psychology, right? Mm-hmm. How we view our psychology can determine if that spoken or written word is a problem, right? Because, you know, if there's not enough space to explore the whatness, right? You're exploring the imagination. You're exploring the the emotions, the inner experiences, the images that are coming through, right? That's the whatness. That, That really is, if you break down psychology, it's psyche and logos. It's the order within psyche, soul. You're exploring soul with Archer, the way that you handled that. But what we do is we try to categorize and classify certain parts of the written and spoken experience. And then we pathologize it and we're like, oh, well, that's a problem. That's inconvenient. We don't have enough time to like, you know, deal with this, this big experience. That's mostly why I think we pathologize a lot of the things that are coming up. And it's like, I think it is that time, the tending to the soul in order to find the order in that, right? To find the kind of state, the safety in that. And it's not set, like you can't separate that out. We can like think that it's separate, but it's not. And so that lens I think is so powerful and so helpful that it's like, man, like what if, what if you parented all the children in the world (laughs) through that lens, right? Like that's powerful stuff. That's potent stuff. Do you feel like that's somewhat of what you're trying to cultivate in your work in the world is like pulling from your experience of working with your kids and like seeing how that can help adults? Absolutely. Adults are just a series of previous younger versions of themselves presenting themselves, you know, today, Mm -hmm. right? So that inner child work is is really important. Pulling what I'm doing from my day-to-day into my workspace is really important for me. Um, I do believe that whether you're a biological mother or father, you are a parent of this world. And it really does take a village to not only tend to children, but tend to each other. Mm -hmm. And you said something there that I also think is very important is creating the time and space to nurture and explore. And we lack that. We are so busy. We are so focused on doing that most people don't have time and space to do that. I've created and cultivated a life where I do have time and space to sit and draw it out with Archer and come back to it and have connections in the world where I can explore these different modalities. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, I know that that's not 
the opportunity or experience for lots of other people. So if I can do that in, you know, my little lab of life, if you will, <laughs> I can bring it to them and be like, hey, this is what I've been trying and working on. This is what somebody, you know, a colleague of mine said, why don't we try this? Let's see what works. And that's another part of the transformation collective that I love. It's not saying like, it's not prescriptive. It's not do this. It's not step work. It's like, hey, you're your own best expert. Here are some fun things, some interesting things, some challenging things that we as coaches have been through, but also these people in the community who are having human experiences, who have done things and, and learned things and healed things and grown from things. What are they doing? And, you know, it's not surprising that we end up learning as well as we go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, the thing that I'm kind of like, okay, maybe we should start pulling at these threads is, you know, the coming back to that kind of common thread between our individual experience, what is happening collectively and what's happening cosmically, right? We're trying to lace all of those different things together because we're, you know, subtly pulling in the astrological cosmic energies of each month. And we're honoring kind of the, the psyche in that way. And we're like, oh, in this, this time of the year, this is a very common kind of energy that's moving through, right? And each you, myself and Jessica, we're each bringing something uniquely individual based on our experience with that particular energy, for example, right? So I'm looking at our, our syllabus here of like January being the month of Capricorn. That's, that's where we're starting in the month of January. And for you, because it's we're, what we're really circling around is how to create goals and be in that kind of Capricorn energy and being aware of the gift side of that, the shadow side of that. And so what do you feel like, I'm just kind of giving people some nuggets from what we're kind of looking into. What do you feel like really is going to be your contribution in this first month? like for, for you in particular, because we talked about goals with soul, right? And really, really, I guess, jamming on that. Where do you feel like you fit in the, this, the communication of this cosmic energy? Goals with soul. Well, in this time, there's an energy of new and change and transformation. And historically, culturally, socially, we've put a focus on, you know, quitting smoking, quitting drinking, quitting the thing. I like coming from a place of soul, doing more of the thing that lights you up, doing more of the thing that brings more of you into the world. What expands you? What brings you closer to authenticity? What brings you closer to creating and living a life that you really actually want to be living? So not just writing the goal to lose the five pounds, get to the gym, whatever it is. I mean, that might be really what you want at this point in your life. Uh, 
using the language to manifest and cultivate that from a very intentional, soulful perspective is important. Mm -hmm. And also gently challenging, nudging, encouraging people to look beyond that, that social narrative for this time of year. Mm -hmm. How do you, you know, go from caterpillar to butterfly at this point? How do you set yourself up for that life transition? And that transition and transformation is sustainable. It's not a 21 day and then you're off the map and then going into a cycle of guilt and shame Mm -hmm. and having compassion to follow it with your natural ebb and flow through the year. Yeah. I think the important, I guess, side of that is that we are going to be acknowledging the, the darker sides of each of these energies, right? We're not just in this space of creation, but we're going to, we're going to talk about like, well, what, what energies of destruction influence that, right? Like what parts of you are not interested in that, in being with all of what it's the word that it keeps kind of circling around is just how can we make this inclusive to the whole of your experience, the collective experience, the cosmic experience. So it's like, we're just kind of including all the different layers. And I think it is that, man, that relationship between this imaginal, like how can you imagine your life could be, right? And then bump up against the rational what is. Like what is being presented. And I think that you do an amazing job of helping people navigate that space. Thank like, you. Yeah, I, I think it's like, that's that takes patience. It takes, like you said, time. But it takes that, what we talked about at the beginning, that enthusiastic, that movement, the flexibility, the ability to kind of look at different perspectives and say, mm, what about this? Oh, that doesn't work for you. Okay. I'm going to walk around you and look at it this way. What about this? And I think you're amazing at that. And I think that that creates a bridge so that more is included in the whole experience. Thank you. I like, I like working with people to, to find the yes. And Mm -hmm. yes, your job does suck. Yes. Your, what you've created (laughs) is not sparkly anymore. Yes. And it can be. And it doesn't have to be all at once. It can be, you can burn the whole thing down. You can rebuild, you can build an addition. There's so many ways we can approach change and transitions and transformations. Man, I am so excited for this. I'm so, so, so excited. I am curious, what are you most excited about in working and collaborating with Gutstaff in particular? I'm going to put you on the spot <laughs> and just like amplify our, our kind of team energy. Cause I think that that is such a gift that we're, yeah, yeah. The world. but what are you looking forward to and working with, with Jess? Jessica has this sparkly energy of possibility and she, she connects and she shares and she encourages 
and she brings this this awareness about the astrology and the cosmos and shadows and gifts and she's able to disseminate it in an accessible way which i think is really important it's it's one thing to talk about astrology and energy and you know gene keys and human design it's it's another thing to be able to say here this is a special little package for you mm-hmm. to bring out your expertise and and your curiosities and wonders about this thing and and go with it and and see how you can tailor it to yourself yeah. um yeah yeah she's and she's fun yeah. <laughs> she's I'm, so fun <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm like trying to amplify everybody on our team because i'm just so excited with for the energy that we have coming into this new project because it's just such a different type of thing um what you said about Jess like the practicality that only comes I think when you truly are immersed and because the energy that Jess brings with it is this embodiment like she embodies that work and wrestles with it so deeply that she's able to kind of stew on it and put it in her crock pot of being and then it turns out to be this delicious practical um <laughs> serving of goodness yes, um, <laughs> nourishing nourishing soul yeah. satisfying nourishment yes um I feel like this is weird to ask but <laughs> do it <laughs> what are you looking forward to and you and I collaborating together many things. I love since the moment we met that you create this space that I can be vulnerable and authentic and that you can hold this space. You hold this container with such delicate balance, harmony, say harmony of wise knowledge dissemination while also being able to nurture and and inspire growth like Mm. i can sit with my shit i don't have to like it but wow am i going to be even more me and loose air quotes better for having this opportunity and you create that space and and it's beautiful and you're optimistic and hopeful and you you can hold the tension between the you know I don't want to say polarities because it's more than just these two poles, but you can hold tension so well in this world. Mm. You know, the, the world is melting down and you can show up with a smile on your face and be like, you know what? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you know, it's okay to feel that tension. It's okay to feel sad and shitty and happy and joyful. And I'm holding my hands here, but I wish I had like multiple arms because that would more accurately re- represent the tension. Hmm. I love that. I'm not going to just amplify myself. (laughs) I appreciate that. I think there is such unique gifts. I'm sure and shadows that each of us are going to be bringing to this community. But I think the important thing is, is that we're here for it all, right? We're here for, we don't want this kind of what we learned, I think from Grace and Grit is like, whatever that wasn't really prescriptive either but it felt too coursey like it felt like too like we're kind of 
not telling you what to do, but there was like a prescription to it. And this feels much more along the lines of like what we're doing here in this podcast. It's like, we're just going to jam, right? You're going to jam once a month. I'm going to jam once a month. Jess is going to jam once a month. Every once in a while, we're going to do panels and, you know, we're just here for the jamming. We're just, yeah. we're just here for it all. So I'm really, I'm so excited to work with you, Jen. Like I'm so, so, so excited to do this. I feel so fortunate that I continue to work with you. I continue to work with Jessica, that we continue to grow our community. I'm really excited. Um, Grace and Grit was strictly for women. This Transformation Collective will be open to every human that uh, has an interest or calling or curiosity about this. And if you're not sure, oh, is this for me? I love that we've set it out that you can come in and pop in and just, you know, try it out, get a sense of it. Um, We know that life is busy and, you know, sometimes you can be there. Sometimes, you know, life takes you in a different direction. So I like the flexibility of this format. I do too. I like it's flexible and accountable. It's individual and collective. There's so many, like you said, like the eight extension arm, like all the arms (laughs) of polarities. (laughs) There's all the things here. Um, So with that being said, thank you so, so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. I think this was, I found it deeply fruitful and nourishing. Like I'm like, oh, that was, that was exactly what I wanted it to be. Not, not a, I hate interviewing people and it's like, oh, let's tell you all of these things about what I know, like knowledge. I'm like, I do feel like we accomplished the amplifying gen. What do you think? Like, how how are you feeling right now? I feel really great. I feel, you know, much like when we have our our biweekly meetings, I, I, I feel energized. I feel like we're, like we're moving the thing forward in different ways, you know, the ripples. Yeah. And I just, I feel, I feel in alignment that feels like success for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, you know, the vibrations I'm putting out there, I think are more positive and, you know, more helpful. And, and I love that. So where um, can people find you if they want to interact with just your work in particular? Um, I I definitely will put the information for the Transformation Collective and all of of that stuff in the show notes, but where can people find you in your world? They can check out my website, jennifermcmaster.ca, and you can connect with me directly through there. You can set up a chat with me. That's the way I like to operate. I'm yeah, I was chatting with Jess the other day and she was like, where can they find you on Instagram? I'm like, oh God, I struggle with that. Like you can DM me, Jennifer McMaster underscore for sure. But I'm going to tell you to hop on a call with me. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I want to chat. I want to feel your energetics. I want you to feel my energetics. Um, again, it's not just your words that you're telling me. It's your energetics that will help me help you navigate. Um, so yeah, reach out Jen at jennifermcmaster.ca email. Quick way to do that. Check out my website. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, well, I'll put all of that in the show notes for people to find you. Thank you. And thank you so much again for taking the time and space to just amplify part of your soul. Thank you for continuing to create these containers for people. Thank you.